0: This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank.
1: Hello, this is Marianne Caserta, CFO of Atrion, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 280. How as a finance leader are you driving driving change change in your organization? organization? How are you driving change within your organization? in this episode we feature dynamic duos you're about to hear insights and reflections from ceos and cfos that are part of the same management team unlike large enterprise firms the ceos and cfos you're about to hear are frequently the original architects of their businesses And as such, the vitality and future prospects of the business is dependent on their teamwork and their distinct set of skills and talent. The CEO most often is the expressive, the visionary, and the CFO is the process-minded function builder, but also a builder of culture, a role CFOs are not always credited with playing, but one we'd argue CFOs widely play in business today we'll feature our first dynamic duo after these words from our sponsor it's a question every growing business must answer how do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk Sage Intac provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making when scale is top of mind. By automating error-prone manual tasks and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intac provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Our first dynamic duo is Tim Hebert, CEO of Atreon, and Atrion CFO, Marianne Caserta. Now you're about to hear Tim provide an overview of how Atrion, a technology services company, advanced beyond being a small business and into the ranks of being a middle market firm. You'll hear Tim refer frequently to a partner, and this was actually a co-founder of the firm who Tim collaborated with early on. And it's not Marianne, the CFO, who at that time was part of the firm but had not really yet emerged into Atrion's uh, leadership ranks. Here's Tim.
2: And they, they're pretty much defined by a decade each and almost. It's not quite that perfect, but it's almost a decade each. In the first 10 years, my business partner and I really decided that we wanted to be small. We wanted to be very entrepreneurial. And we were really trying to get through the startup mode. Everything we did was bootstrapped. It was, you know, kind of flying by the seat of pants, doing what it took to survive. It was doing things we enjoyed doing versus the things we knew really we had to do. And I would say that, this, not only a mistake, but the, the underlying theme, our culture was driven more really around a over-founder kind of mentality, almost like a family, you know, family type of business has that family feel. This was that over-founder, entrepreneurial spirit kind of world that we had. Our second decade, we were really made really a conscious choice to say, listen, we have an opportunity to do something really special here. We want to be a really small. we want to be a really It wasn't as much to the family. I just feel that we're We still have that family connectedness, but we put a lot more discipline in what we do. So that was a conscious effort. So the kind of people we hired, the things that we were looking for, them were different. we were looking for more well-roundedness. We were looking for people that um, had the ability to grow with. Them. In a way that no one else is doing in the industry. And as you look at our growth in the last decade compared to our growth over the first 20 years, our growth has been nothing short of exceptional. We've probably grown at a rate of 25 to 30 percent more growth um, in the last 13 years. Um, and, you know, it's, all, you know, it's been our focus on talent and culture that really has driven that.
0: Now, Atrion, as uh, Tim revealed, is three decades old today. And Marianne Caserta joined the firm 18 years ago, not as a CFO, but really as an accounting leader for the firm. And her career would grow over time with the firm, which is something you frequently see in middle market firms. And Marianne's uh, story and reflections, I think you'll agree, really speak... To the experiences of so many middle market uh, executive leaders today. Here's Marianne.
1: You know, I think it's um, Tim and I joke about this a lot. Our personality styles are very different, uh, but we have a very um, tremendous level of respect for each other's um, kind of perspectives. I think on it and together, I think we create uh, something better in the end, or at least I hope so. There's always good, healthy dialogue. As a CFO, I tried to be very in tune with where um, Tim's thoughts are going um, and try to draw some inferences from what he says. Um, He's a very creative, expressive thinker, and um, trying to stay ahead of that is probably the daily challenge, but I really enjoyed that. And I think really understanding where he wants to go and partnering with him to help achieve that success um, I think is, is really key and um, oftentimes I think you find that the styles are different between a CEO and CFO and you you need to do your best to make it work, appreciate those differences, leverage them, um, make sure you're understanding where that the CEO's mindset is going and you're in tune with um, where that person sees the future. Um, so that you can help them really plan for that proactively and not be sort of in a reactive mode.
0: So, Marianne, having gone back uh, as long as you do with this company, you really had uh, sort of hands-on experience in architecting uh, the finance function for Atrion, I would imagine. And along the way, we'd love to hear – if there was an aha moment that you had as you as the company grew, as you had to get to the next threshold and and build uh, out the finance function and all of what uh, was required um, along the way, did you discover an aha moment that you can share with us?
1: Sure, I think there were probably two key aha moments uh, for. I mean, coming in to the organization. Um, 18 years ago, I was very, very focused on being a very good technical leader. And I thought that uh, what was most important at the time was making sure the financial statements were accurate and cash flow was uh, we were employing best practices around that. And I think one of the aha moments that I encountered along the way is that that really isn't always as important as uh, being a great leader and being very good, at collaborating with other leaders. And I think as we added more leaders to the fold in the beginning, it was pretty much myself, Tim, Charlie, and one other leader when I started, but um, now we have a, a much more significant um, leadership team with diverse personalities and backgrounds and learning how to best collaborate uh, with those leaders to create success along with the staff. I think um, that, that's one big thing. So I think the leadership aspect was enough moment. Uh, for me, I had to get much stronger in that and also understand how people were perceiving uh, me as well which 360-degree feedback um, models are, are great great for assessing that and making adjustments and I, I think the other piece too is never, never discount um, the finance team and where it needs to change and grow and I think that's important. Sometimes. You can get so involved um, in the business or managing the day-to-day fires that you have to constantly examine the structure of the group to make sure you're delivering really the maximum value to the organization. And certainly when I started, um, our finance team was probably myself and one other person. Today we have 11 or so members. Um, It's evolved quite a bit, but really staying ahead of what the business needs and what type of staff members um, we need to be hiring and how we need to continually educate and motivate um, those folks I think is really paramount.
0: Now has finance grown to play a larger role uh, with workforce issues uh, overall? One would imagine it has as you look to bring talent into this organization, how they're compensated and how their performance is measured. Is there something you can share with us as to how that part of uh, finance has also uh, had to step in to play a larger role?
1: Definitely. I think it's evolved over time and in the, in the uh, beginning um, I also led human resources and fortunately along the way we were able to bring some professionals in. So on a, a regular basis I partner with the um, director of we call it people services instead of human resources um, and she's done a, uh, an amazing job of really um getting her arms around talent. Um, Talent is a big challenge, I would say, in both the IT space and in finance lately. Um, Finding uh, great staff with wonderful skills its very competitive out there um, right now. And I think between the two of us, um, we've been able to um, pull together, you know, I think a lot of best practices, and I would credit Nancy with um, a lot of that. Um, I'm always out there looking at um, the information that, that's there. Um, we talk about it uh, quite a bit uh, just to make sure we're a level setting and that we're competitive in the industry.
0: Uh, what are some of the qualities that you believe make Atrion uh, able to compete uh, perhaps for talent against firms that might be quite a bit larger?
1: Right. I think it's um, a lot of the differentiation for Atreon is in our culture. It's it's a very open, transparent culture. Um, every person matters, um, and they're treated that way. Um, we worked, uh, spent a lot of time, um, both Nancy and Tim have spent a lot of time around um, recognition, which we know is very important, and in a very fast-paced um, company environment like ours, it, that's really, really critical. Um people need to know they're doing a great job every day. Um and we we uh do that in a lot of ways. We actually have an employee advisory council and that's filled with staff members who really have the pulse of of uh the morale um in the organization and try to create events that sort of add some fun. Uh, to the next, um, aside from recognition programs that we have in place as well. Um, Nancy's done a lot of work around, uh, market salary surveys. Um, And we've uh, tried to create a very robust benefits um, and compensation package that's competitive because it's not easy, there's no doubt about it. And uh, larger organizations with deeper pockets um, can certainly pay more on occasion and I think we try to differentiate through um, some of the intangibles. I would would say in our culture is probably one of the biggest pieces of that.
0: Okay, our next dynamic duo speaks to both middle market firms as well as the world of Silicon Valley startups. You're about to hear from Chris Cabrera, CEO of Exactly Corp, and Exactly CFO Joe Consul. We'll begin with Chris.
3: You know, I, I try not to uh, spend too much time thinking about the successes we've had and really spend more time thinking about how we're going to have additional successes. I have an incredible network of mentors, uh, not one, not, not five, but probably 12, and they're all different folks that are in different stages of their careers that, that, that help me in different ways. Um, I've often been, you know, described as a sponge where I, I'm just always wanting to learn more and very open to coaching at every level, and I think that's kind of what allows me to constantly be able to say, Hey, look, you know, please tell me what I could be doing differently. Tell me what you did. You know, I talk to a lot of CEOs. Uh, some of my mentors are, of course, CEOs that are, have been public longer and that maybe have bigger firms than me. And I'm constantly asking them these kind of questions. You know, what, what, what are your challenges today? What should I be thinking about? You know, how should I be dealing with this issue with the board or with this issue with an investor or whatnot? I don't get to interview as many people as I as I used to, uh, but you know, certainly when I'm interviewing execs or leaders in the company, you know, I'm looking forward. you know, by the time they're getting to me, we're already we're already kind of over the hurdle of their experience and kind of been there, done that, all those kinds of things, and I'm really looking beyond that to how creative they are. Uh, you know, we talked about you know some of the traits uh, to be able to reinvent yourself, and I'm looking for those things. I'm looking for people, you know, when you're in one of these high-growth companies, you can't hire for somebody that's run a $100 million company or done that job in a $100 million company. You have to hire somebody that's done it for a a a half-a-billion-dollar company because, you know, soon we'll be there, right? And so I'm really looking for more of the raw uh, horsepower between the ears. Um, I'm looking for, you know, how creative they are to solve problems, I'm looking for how open they are to you know coaching and advice um, and how you know what their leadership skills are like.
0: part of what we were asking Chris was first how was he able to grow as a leader uh you know as as the company grew from this small firm into this sizable middle market entity, and he offered some insights into the value of mentoring, but as you just heard, the discussion segues into hiring and developing others, and this is where we found a a pronounced alignment with some of the themes Zach Lee CFO Joe Consul shared with us, and uh, together we felt uh, they're really in lockstep, these two executives, something not always easy to achieve. Here's Joe.
4: Well, you hit on, a, on an interesting point and, and whether finance wants to have more influence. I think finance needs to have more influence, especially in a SaaS company, on the workforce because, you know, in our case, it represents 60 to 70% of our total costs. a huge piece of the investment that we make day to day. And we need to generate as much, you know, not only productivity but, but uh, productivity and Great results out of that team to get the right ROI out of, out of the company. So that said, I mean, the goal is pretty simple. It's to get the right place, the right people in place at the right time to achieve our growth plan. And from a finance perspective, that means providing funding for, for hiring, setting up performance measures to evaluate the hires after they're on board. And, and probably most importantly, setting up compensation systems and plans, you know, to reward and retain the people you work so hard to hire in the first place. Going back to the point that software companies are really people-driven companies. The assets are on two feet and walking around every day and represent the vast majority of the expense that we have to deploy in a company. And given that, I think it only makes sense for a finance leader as well as other C-suite members to all be influential and part of the culture of the company because it's that culture that will bind the team have them work more effectively, and better able to achieve the overall objectives of the company if they buy into the vision and the culture. And that just means better retention over time, possibly the ability to retain people with slightly lower compensation levels because they're happier in general and people don't work just for money anyway, and better results for the company. I I just don't know how you separate the two, especially in a software company.
0: Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have one more dynamic duo for you right after these words from our sponsor. for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Our final dynamic duo for you is Neil Arajo, CEO of iManage and iManage CFO Ray Shapak. Now, more than two decades ago, Neil Araujo co-founded iManage, a workflow management software company. Along the growth path, iManage was involved in multiple transactions, including being acquired by Hewlett-Packard, which it recently split off from, via a management buyout. To find its footing, newly independent iManage has had to act quickly and make a number of senior hires, including CFO Ray Shapak, We'll begin with me posing a question to Neil. It's interesting, uh, looking at the path. Again, this company is 21 years old, and you, as you mentioned, 300 employees today. Do you ever stop and think, hey, there had to been an easier way to get here? <laughs> uh, you, you
5: know, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think anyone in my shoes has to be an optimist. And uh, I always tend to look at things positively, and, uh, you know, even in the worst of times, I look at them as a learning moment for me. Uh, So, yeah, there might have been an easier part. As a founder of a company, there's a sense of ownership and responsibility for, you know, the other stakeholders of the business, right, the employees and the customers and the partners that resell our products. And uh, uh, what has kept me through all of these transitions, including that our is, um, you know, we just love, and I, we, I'm talking about our, the, many of our folks in management and, and the employees, you know, just love the community we are a part of. Uh, you know, and for us, I manage was, was just a lot more than a product. It, 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 uh, it was a community that spans, you know, all of our employees, our partners, the hundreds of thousands of users, and, you know, we feel that sense of connection, and, uh, you know, abandoning that is, um, is, is, is hard. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think we, being the, 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 in the technology space, things change constantly. You know, what we do today is quite different from what we did before, so it never gets boring, right? And, and, and we're constantly innovating, constantly changing, and, um, you know, I think that continuity actually drives a lot of value creation that you cannot if you jump from one thing to the other. We, we've added 100 people since we divested from HP. You know, and so we put our money where our mouth is, right, which is we said we're going to focus on this market. We are going to invest in this market, and, uh, you know, we are, we are a people business. And, um, uh, you know, so growing by a third in one year is not is not trivial. You just don't, you know, it's hard to find the good people to, you know, that, that you can staff with. And um, we, we, one of the things that we did, and you mentioned Belfast, was, you know, to look for talent, um, not just in the, to, uh, the geographies that we were already present in. You know, so we, we for example, found a great management team in uh, Belfast and built, a, uh, you know, built an operation around them. You know, that has quickly grown. You know, to a couple to a couple of dozen people, and we could have never ha- had access to that kind of uh, talent pool you know, if you do built in the locations that we were we were in.
0: Okay, so like you perhaps, what I find interesting about the iManage story is that it really becomes a middle market firm for a second time overnight. And as a newly independent entity, it really has to reestablish some of its internal functions from the ground up. So I couldn't resist asking its CFO, Ray Shapak, what it was that enticed him to take on this role and he very quickly speaks to the ceo cfo dynamic and how he grasped neil's vision for the firm and what needed to get done we begin with me asking about his new role but i'm i'm wondering i think a lot of finance leaders would have said wow this one this is interesting, but this is there's a lot of heavy lifting here, meaning that some of the transactions you've done, building the finance team out, everything that needed to be done, some of it from the ground up for a rather you know a global organization today. Some might have said thanks, but no thanks. What is it that led you to say okay, this this is something I you know I'd like to like to sink my teeth into? What is it exactly that was yeah, there? Yeah, I
6: mean, I I, I think that. Um right or wrong, I've, you know, I, I, I tend to, um, I like the challenge, you know, and I think when I first met Neil, the CEO and, and I, you know, he's just, um, a down to earth, good person. And and I think the story just, just, just resonated. You know, I think I, at the time, I was actually in in a prior CFO role and we were in the process of basically selling the business. And, and I think that, um, you know, so on one hand, I was working during the day on selling the business, and then nights and weekends working on buying the business. And I and I think that um, these types of transactions just don't occur every day. I mean, when you hear the words leverage buyout or management buyout, you know, I think it's um, those are just exciting exciting words. And I, and I think, you know, t- to some extent, even as as Neil said, you know, when I kind of accepted the role, he said, well. You know, once this is done, you may be mad at me for uh, pulling you into this, but you know, there were some very difficult nights and and, and weekends. But I think it, um, you know, I think it's you know to to be able to step up to the challenge, and you know, even today, to be able to look back and say you know, what we were able to do without a, you know, as I would say, you know, a transition services agreement from HP to be able to handle all of the kind of administrative HR finance functions. And we took that on day one, you know, you don't get to do that every day. And, and I think, you know, you know, in my mind it was, you know, we took a day and we kind of celebrated. um, And then it says, okay, what do we need to do going forward? Um, And so there's still a lot that we have to get done. Um, But I think that, um, you know, just overall, a a great, great opportunity. And I, I personally never say no to a challenge.
0: Right. So uh, with a number of the uh, sizable transitions behind you uh, looking forward now and you've gotten you've made these key hires, what is the uh, you know, what is the next task at hand for the finance team? What uh, it sounds like you got the house in order. Now it's execution.
6: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's one of those two where, you know, we when we think back to, you know, pre-July and setting up these processes and systems and and I think you know we did not necessarily have the luxury of um, going and doing an RFP with a different you know number of different kind of accounting um, service providers and, and other kind of systems that you need to be able to you know deal with the workflow of the business right and I think um, you know, and along the way, we, you know, I personally probably made some 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 bad decisions. None of those were too bad. That ultimately, you can go back and correct those, right? So, I think a lot of, you know, we had actually decided to initially outsource um, some of our accounting function, some of the day to day accounting function to a BPO business process outsourcing firm out of out of India. Um, and I think ultimately we realize that there's certain tasks that they would be very good at, but other pieces that we ultimately brought in how. So, so you're right, Jack. There's, there's as I talk about it, we've been kind of going through this optimization phase, right? So we got to we stood the organization up, um, and, and again from the finance side is really kind of optimizing what that workflow is.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this dynamic duo episode. Our mission was in part to reveal the inner workings of successful management teams. I hope you found it valuable. Thank you for joining us. Hi, it's Jack at CFO Thought Leader, We're interested in hearing from you. We wanna find out what you would like to hear more of or less of. And so we've created an ever so short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on cfothoughtleader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, it's that time of year again. CFO appreciation day is quickly approaching and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO thought leader mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. We'll mail you our also coveted CFO thought leader mug, at zero cost. So visit us at cfothoughtleader.com and give us an earful. We would greatly appreciate it. Some rules and restrictions may apply.